Welcome to episode 089, Unpacking Anxiety. Welcome, I am your host, Claire Obeyed. Woman Awake is a soul-led journey of awakening through motherhood and womanhood. Woman Awake explores the soul-based, spirit-fueled, somatic and energetic journey of awakening, of consciousness. The power of an awakened woman lives in her life alignment, her inner attunement, and her embodied transformation. This is not just my journey, but it is ours, and together we seek to free our mind, feel our body, feed our soul, and to hear our heart. As women, as mamas, we seek clarity, we embrace the truth, we dive into the discomfort of our shadows, we honor our healing, and we be fully with our humanness whilst also being in our divinity too. Hey beautiful, welcome back to this week's episode on Woman Awake. Before we dive in, I just want to let you know that The Daily Meds, a collection of sacred mini practices, is now ready for you. The cart is open and the introductory price of 111 will be there for the next couple of weeks. This is a collection of 10 practices. Nine of them are actually video-based practices between 5 and 30 minutes long. And one of them is a beautiful, delicious meditation that I've just created for you. These practices are steeped in ancient wisdom practices, energetic-based practices, breathwork, energy medicine, EFT. And they happen to make up the core of my own daily sadhana, my own daily practice. These practices have changed my life. They are a combination of 11 years of personal growth and spiritual exploration and embodiment. And I'm so excited for you to jump in and savor this and enjoy these experiences in your daily life because we all know that right now, life is really, really asking a lot of us and I still firmly believe that the revolution begins on the inner plane and whatever that revolution is for you we must remember that we are free within that we are whole and sovereign within and this comes from daily prayer and meditation and embodiment and feeling really strong and solid at the core of you So I invite you to experience the daily meds. This is my version of supplementation. And the link will be in the show notes for you. And of course, any questions regarding it, you're free to email me, claire at clareabade.com or slide into my DMs on Instagram and ask away. I'm happy to provide you with as much clarity as possible. So today we're going to dive into anxiety and unpacking it. So you can imagine that from my many years of managing my own anxiety and, of course, coaching and supporting and guiding those with their own anxiety, that I have a deep understanding of it. I'm not going to profess to be an expert because everybody's anxiety shows up in different ways. But I will share with you my perspective of it and also a couple of real-life stories that I think will really help you to unpack anxiety and possibly give you a different perspective on it too. Hopefully this helps you to learn how to work with your anxiety and maybe see it through a different lens. It is safe to say that at the moment I'm seeing more people present with anxiousness 
anxious feelings, anxiety, whether they're labelled officially as a person that suffers with anxiety or not is irrelevant to me because I'm seeing it, I'm seeing it a lot. I'm feeling it for myself too. I personally have spent the better part of the last, oh wow, um, let's say 15 years learning how to recognise and honour and reflect on and work with my own anxiety. And those words are really key here, the recognition of it, the honouring of it and working with it. Anxiety is, to me is not something that we need to heal or get rid of. It's not something that is a problem. But learning how to harness the magic that's underneath your anxiety, that is profound and life-changing. So what I actually wanted to do here was present to you a couple of online definitions that I sourced just out of shits and giggles, you know. I'm like, okay, I wonder what the internet says about anxiety. And I think this first one comes from the Australian Psychology Association. No, the American, perhaps. And it says, anxiety is an emotion categorised by feelings of tension, worried thoughts and physical changes like increased blood pressure. People with anxiety disorders usually have reoccurring intrusive thoughts or concerns. They may avoid certain situations out of worry. A feeling of worry, nervousness or unease about something with an uncertain outcome. So of course there's a spectrum with that, isn't there, with that definition in terms of you know avoiding situations out of worry or the intrusive thoughts. I've had clients before in the past where this is quite debilitating and overwhelming and very intrusive and quite scary for them. And I've had clients where it's just a quiet voice in the background that's constant but easy to manage. So some words that relate to anxiety, I want to share these with you. This language is powerful and I just want you to not tune into these words but just notice Notice maybe how you feel when these words come up, and that's worry, concern, apprehension, consternation, uneasiness, fearfulness, disquiet, fretfulness, agitation, angst, nervousness, edgy, tension, tense, stressed, foreboding, trepidation, suspense. <sighs> I felt all of those, every single one of those. Now look at the opposition to anxiety. Calm, serenity, peace, acceptance, ease, flow, grace, willingness, relaxed. I've also felt all of those too. Now I can't remember exactly where I read this, but I do recall that in many ancient cultures and tribal communities, the sensitive or the anxious ones were often seen as those with the strongest spiritual connection, insight, wisdom, intuition, you know, a direct channel to the divine, perhaps. And they often served in these communities as a guide, as a person who would forewarn, as a person who would predict or provide insight, and possibly providing security to the community through their intuition and guidance and their inner knowing. So these people were revered because it was clear that they felt something, they were attuned to something that perhaps other people weren't, and that their guidance often would provide safety, perhaps getting a very strong feeling to move on from that particular area or to avoid this particular relationship, whatever it was. So in my many years of working with anxious people, and of course... When I say anxious people, I include myself as one of those anxious people. 
I often find that these people tend to also have a very high empathic quality, deeply empathetic, highly tuned in. Their clairsentience is dialed up, so that means their intuition based on feeling is really high. They often feel and emote across the whole spectrum and in a really powerful, potent way. Maybe this sounds like you. And now, presently, and throughout the last 18 months, more and more people in my world are presenting with anxiety or presenting with anxious elements and qualities. And I'm not surprised. We've all been thrown into a very uncertain, unstable experience. I'm seeing this anxiety, for want of a better term, presenting people that previously have never felt a day of anxiety in their life, have never felt uncertain or insecure in any way. This is a given, right? So many people, including myself, for the first time ever, are experiencing a sense of oppression and control and external force. Even if they're still relatively safe and healthy and blessed, they are allowed to feel anxious and overwhelmed because this is an unprecedented experience. If you want to hear more about this, go to my previous episode, episode 088, where I share all the ways to be okay in lockdown. And also, let's be really mindful here, just as a side note, a, um, a public message, I guess, to please not gaslight people, be, just because on the outside they may still have a, a job or seem relatively self, safe and health and blessed in comparison to other people in the world. Please don't gaslight them out of their feelings and their experiences and anxiety, because it's still real for them. The context may be different, and of course, there might be a scale in your opinion as to what is worse and what's not. But they're still allowed to feel stressed, scared, worried. Because we're all going through a form of trauma. And trauma is not what actually happens. It's how your nervous system responds to what's happening. And I've said this many times before and I'll say it again. What is a traumatic experience to me might be a walk in the park to you. What is a traumatic experience to you might be not even registered in my nervous system. Trauma is when something happens that's too much for us to handle, that is too fast, it unfolded with speed that we weren't expecting, or it unfolds too soon, so perhaps without preparation or an ability to brace for the worst or to feel like there's something we can control and manage and feel safe in. So, so many of us are going through that right now. But anxiety also shows up in our everyday in small ways, in ways that seem unrelated to what's unfolding on the global scale and in ways that maybe you feel flawed by and unexpected. I'm going to share with you two stories now. The first one I'm going to keep anonymous at this person's request. And the second one relates to my daughter and our experience together recently with a dog chasing her. So I'll get to that. So the first example, this person came to me and shared that they were noticed, which was already a really big step because they'd previously never noticed this stuff, that they'd, out of nowhere, stepped out of the car and started to feel really anxious, jittery, fidgety, and very quick to anger. And, you know, notice that they were rubbing their neck and pulling at their hair and heart was fluttering and tummy was churning. So the very first thing that I did in this example was share an important element, which was, wow, you've noticed that. That's incredible. That's powerful. And then I asked this person, with my support, if we could lean in towards this anxiety, rather than contract and constrict and pull away from it, can we lean towards it? Because actually the anxiety is a fortune teller. It's got some truth within it that will lead us deeper 
into awareness and knowing and then ultimately an ability to shift clear and heal. So I explained to this beautiful person that anxiety, differently to depression, is usually a future-tripping experience. It's usually when we are worrying about the unknown, worrying about elements in the future, wanting to control, fix, improve something tomorrow, the next week, in a particular story that we've concocted in our head. But we often feel powerless and we feel like we can't do it. As soon as I said this, this person was like, yes, you've hit the nail on the head then. That's exactly what I'm doing. So we soon uncovered that this individual was actually in his head considering a new job interview that was about to unfold. He was feeling very overwhelmed because he wanted to plan for it and control it and get it right and perfect it. And he was considering how they were going to receive him and what they would think. And if he said this, would it work? And so you can see where I'm going, all the details about something that hadn't yet happened. And then, of course, all the feelings unfolding about these details regarding something that had not yet happened. But he was feeling stretched. His current job, his family, his home, all of it. He was feeling that he wasn't fully able to sink into what he was contemplating because he still had other things that he had to do. So the questions I posed, does circling through this interview, playing it out in your head, then worrying about how it's received and overthinking it and worrying it about more and trying to control it in your mind, is that actually serving or is that draining you like an energy leak? Is that actually providing some fruition and some shifts and changes here? Do you feel like you're getting somewhere with that or is it actually just exhausting you? And of course, it was the energy leak and the exhaustion. I then raised a question. So I'm kind of showing you how we problem solved this. If he had created some time and space to prepare for this interview, and he said no, it's actually just impacting his focus on his current job, and he was feeling really scatty and all over the place and in, unable to really focus on his work currently, and also feeling like he was getting nowhere with this interview. So we explored what would feel good for your mind and body and we came up with a plan. So let's clear the minds, let's step away from media and content and consuming and information and TV and social media and let's just come back into the body a little bit and do something that feels supportive and nourishing and maybe shifts some of those edgy feelings out. So for me that's often dance or singing or movement or laughter or meditation or breath work. Tapping always helps me in these moments too, just to take off that edge from that anxiety and bring me back into my body and that's where I can start to get clear and I can see a way forward. I can get a plan. I can go, oh, this is how I need to approach this. So then we set aside a dedicated space and time for this person to do the prep that he wanted to do for the interview where he could actually write some notes down and practice and do his homework essentially. And that suggestion made him feel so much calmer. He was then able to feel better that he could sit down, do his job and focus on his actual job, knowing that he had a plan in place for when he was going to approach this space, this time, this interview. So this felt like he was actually in a little bit more control, in a place of focus and clarity instead of future tripping and unraveling in that future story and feeling really unsupported. So I just wanted to share that first story to show how anxiety can play out in every day and it shows up in an unexpected moment. When he had stepped out of the car and he all of a sudden felt this flood of anxiety, 
it actually had nothing to do with the interview. He wasn't even considering it then. But he was being asked to do something else. He was going to the shops to pick up something. And he said, being pulled away from his future tripping in his mind actually then allowed him to feel the dump of anxiety all the way through his body. And also the frustration that he was being pulled away from being stuck in his head circling through these thoughts because at that time that felt supportive. It felt like I need to keep thinking about this because thinking about this is going to get me somewhere. But actually it wasn't. And once he could see that, so we pulled away, we had a bird's eye view of it, it was like, okay, this is not actually helping me. So now let me go on and share the story with you about Soleil. So I'm going to try and tell this in a very short, a short version. But essentially, Soleil had an incident with a neighbor's dog. I'm going to highlight here first, she's okay. She's not injured. The dog was actually not vicious or violent, but the dog was a very, very, very large dog. And she had been goading it. The dog was in the neighbor's, the next neighbor's backyard behind a fence. And she had been barking at it and waving at it and getting excited and being a cute little six-year-old. And this dog, who'd obviously been in its backyard home all day alone and was a puppy, but a huge puppy, is a Rottweiler, was super, super excited and felt like, oh my gosh, there's someone that wants to play with me. So in this scene, I remember seeing this and saying to Soleil, honey, let's not do that. Let's not excite that dog. And she, of course, didn't listen. The next thing that happened, I turn around and I see Soleil legging it down the hill back towards our house and this dog on top of her. She'd slipped, fallen on the hill and this huge dog, twice her size, was on top of her. I went into a freeze response. My body immediately recalled being chased by a dog as a child and I went into slow motion, which is a whole separate conversation and I'll talk about that another time. The different responses that our nervous system uh, recalls and brings back in into the moment because in the body, it doesn't matter whether it's 1985 or 2021, if there's an unhealed trauma in there, it will instantly come back up, which is exactly what happened to me. However, I had enough... Um, grounding and centering to be able to quickly register that this dog was not violent its tail was wagging it was very excited so I stayed super calm and I fought my mother intuition which was to run at this dog and bark at it and yell at it because I felt like that would turn the dog very quickly so the dog is running in and out of our house Soleil's taken herself to the laundry she's standing on top of the washing machine she's screaming and this is really triggering because I can't get to her because I'm outside trying to calm this dog alongside with the neighbour as well. Long story short, everything's okay, we eventually manage it. I get to her, I get in the house, I sit with her, I'm trying to love on her and care for her, but she's obviously incredibly activated and in a major adrenaline high trauma response, as is Raph, but he's more worried about his sister. So I'm tapping on her at her permission and trying to just take the edge off in that moment. Over the next few days to two weeks, it becomes really apparent that she's definitely affected. Normally in the past when we've had incidences, Soleil will allow me to talk through the incident over and over and over in detail, which is something I learned from reading The Whole Brain Child, and I highly recommend you do that with your children when you can. Go through every detail. Oh, and then this happened, and then what happened then, and how did you feel? So normally she allows me to do that. This time she wouldn't. Mommy, don't talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. Can you stop talking about it? And she'd get really activated again. 
She didn't want to be very far away from me in the house. She wouldn't go to the backyard without me. Any dog barking in the distance felt like it was right in her room. As you can imagine, her anxiety was through the roof. And she was trying to manage it. She's trying to squash it down. So I've done many, many, many things to support her through this. Kinesiology is one of them. Reassuring her that she didn't do anything wrong. Tapping, some breathing when she allows me. But the thing that's made the biggest difference is changing the picture in her head. So as I've explained already that anxiety is future tripping. And so what she was actually doing was tripping in her mind and creating stories. And the stories were this. What she witnessed in real time was the dog jump up and with his paw hit the, um, the gate and push the gate open. So she actually saw that. So what was playing out in her head was that she was not safe because at any moment this dog could jump up, hit the gate open and come running down again. She wouldn't even walk outside to the front door without me very close. So as I was sitting listening to her and I was realising that my words were not landing, no amount of me reassuring her and explaining that we live in a completely gated backyard that is way too high for this dog, it didn't matter. The story that she was tripping out on in her head was very detailed, and rightly so because she witnessed it, and it was creating a lot of anxiety. She was tripping out about something that wasn't happening, was not going to happen, but it didn't matter because she had a real-life experience that was feeding into that. I had this realisation that I needed to change the picture for her, and she's a visual person. She's not an auditory person. So the first example that I shared with you, that particular individual was okay to talk it out. I could paint pictures. I could show him a different way. I could bring it to life through words. Soleil is not like that. She needs to see. So I took my phone. I walked onto the neighbor's house and I explained all of this. And I said, I need to take a picture of the dog. I need to take a picture of the gates. I need to show her a different picture in her head. And thankfully, the owners had also double bolted and tied off all the gates so the dogs could no longer get in and out on their own. So when I came back and I sat with her and I showed her these pictures, so first I showed her this dog, this beautiful dog with this really cute face, and I showed her what I experienced, which is this dog was just really happy to see me and really wanted to play. Then I showed her the gates and I walked her through where the gates were in the house. I showed her the locks. I showed, showed her the double bolting that they'd put on. Instantly, she took a huge deep breath. <sighs> she said, oh my God, I feel so much better seeing this. I'm still a little bit scared, but I, I, I see it differently now. And that's exactly what she needed. So the whole point of this is our anxiety is there to protect us, it's there to support us when we're doing something new in our life, like an interview. It can have an element of foreboding. So, for example, when I feel anxiety about what's going on in the collective at the moment, I use that anxiety and I ask, what are you trying to show me here? Not, I'm going to push away from this, but what is here? What am I leaning towards? What gift is here? What piece of intuition is coming through this anxiety? Is there something I need to do in response to this? Or is it simply that I need to self-care more? Our anxiety is a superpower. So Soleil's anxiety in that moment was actually a superpower because it was keeping her safe. She was doing whatever she had to do to stay safe. And that was this story in her head 
was ensuring that she was going to protect herself by staying away from places and situations where possibly this dog could get her. That's a form of self-preservation. Obviously, as her mother, I knew that there is no way in hell that that was going to happen again, and there is no way that this dog could possibly fly over our very high fences. So I needed to reshape that story for her and help her rewrite and step out of the loop of anxiety that wasn't actually serving her in long term. So our anxiety serves us to give us a way through something or towards something or to heal something. But staying stuck in the spiral of it doesn't serve us. And it can often lead to more layers of anxiety and more pain and more discomfort and more constriction and more fear and then living that out in our daily life. The last thing I want is for her to be scared. I've taken her to neighbor's dogs so she can play with them and sat with her really closely and showed her how she can tune to her body and breathe and slow down and read the situation. So all of her anxiety is leading to really powerful growth, just as it did with that first example, with that particular person realizing that he had work to do to prepare for what he was doing playing everything out in his head and getting lost in worry and concern wasn't serving him at all. So I just wanted to share this episode with you and help you see anxiety from a different lens. That, of course, we all want to feel calm and serene and peaceful all the time. But what if your anxiety was actually a signpost or a gift or supporting you to heal or see things differently or armoring you up in some way, protecting you, helping you self-preserve. That doesn't mean that we want to live in that anxious state all the time, but we can see it as a gift and say, thank you, you're showing me something here. What is it that I need? When my anxiety dials up, I know I need to step away from social media. I know it's telling me that I'm consuming too much and it's actually starting to impact on my mental health. Or it's often telling me that there's something I need to take action on right? And taking action can give us a sense of control and can help with that feeling out of control, feeling powerless, feeling unstable. All of that, that we're all going through at the moment, right? So I hope those two stories, and I hope that this has given you a little bit of insight into anxiety and into the process of unpacking it. Reflect on it, lean towards it, be curious, ask yourself questions, feel what's underneath that anxiety. Oh, that's worry. I'm really worried about this. Or this image keeps playing out in my head. Or somebody said this to me and I've taken it to heart. Unpack it and then support yourself by detoxing those anxious feelings in your body and then creating a plan and a way forward what would support you to actually approach or manage what's come up for you through that anxiety. Sometimes it's not just meditation. Sometimes there's actually something you have to do. With Soleil, there was something I had to do. I had to find a way to change the picture in her head. With that first example, he had to create space and time so he could do the preparation he needed. He didn't need to stay in his head swirling around in unsupportive Thoughts? No, he did not deem to do that. 
And also just remember that your anxiety is your superpower. It means you're sensitive, it means you're tuned in, it means you're emotionally connected. And that's incredible. Thank you so much for tuning into Woman Awake. If you found this episode supportive, please subscribe and leave a five-star review over on iTunes. This is the best way to cheer me on and to ensure that Woman Awake lands in the hearts and the ears of those who need it most. If somebody who would gain value from this podcast, please consider sharing it and doing them a favor. You can find me at claireobade.com or over on Instagram under claireobade underscore. Thank you for being part of this soul-led journey through motherhood and womanhood.